Our episodes contain graphic information that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Would you like some murder with your coffee? Welcome to Morning Murders. I'm Nicole. I'm Amanda. And I'm Brenna. We're just three gals that like to sit around, drink coffee, and talk about true crime. True crime. Mm. The truest of crimes. Crimes that are true. Mm. Yes, not Hopefully. fake crimes. Indubitably. Indubitably crimes that have happened. True crimes. This is non fiction. Yeah. <laughs> this is non fiction. And we, we talk about true crime. We uh, discuss how frustrating the prison system is. We do a lot of that discussion. Mm-hmm. We talk about mental health a lot, about mm-hmm. how that really isn't it just it's a big factor. It a is a lot of these mm-hmm. things. And we're just mm-hmm. we're just some ladies. We don't hold theater degrees. We don't hold any medical degrees. Yeah, no. Nope. It's just, just uh, want to put that out there. Yeah, just, yeah. we're so, just ladies talking about it. Yeah, and thank you for being part of the conversation. Yeah. So, Beans, yes. you've been awesome, and we've been awesome, and it's about to get more, more awesomely awesome. terrible. Yeah. Because, ladies and Beans, grab your coffees tight. This one can get heavy. And for me, coffee always helps. So I encourage coffee. Thank uh, you, caffeine. Ladies and beans, have you ever heard of the Monster of the Andes? This one was uh, suggested by a friend and friend of the pod, Brad. 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 Give it up, Brad. Give it up, Brad. So after we're all scared to sleep, we can thank him. And well, me too for telling it. (laughs) Also you. Thanks for the nightmares, Brad. (laughs) Brad and Nicole. Nicole. So let's dive in, shall we? Mm -hmm. So the monster of the Andes is a man named Pedro Lopez. He was born October 8th, 1948. (gasps) I know. I was like, the 8th. Anyways, that would make him currently 73 years old. But before we go to the present, let's take a trip to the past. He was born in Santa Isabel, Colombia. His father was Medardo Reyes and was killed in an armed conflict involving the beliefs of the right-wing party that he was a member of. Pedro was number seven of 13 children. His mother was actually three months pregnant when his father was killed. Despite him being a polite boy who wanted to be a teacher... He was disowned from his family pretty early on. According to his mother, he was caught being sexually inappropriate with his younger sister in 1957. He was eight years old. His mother, who was a sex worker with 13 children, kicked him out of the house. After he left the house, he wandered around and eventually became a homeless child. He joined a gang and started to smoke Vasco, which is an impure form of cocaine. Uh, Then, one day, he was approached by an older man. The man offered him a bed, and then he took him to an abandoned house and repeatedly sodomized him. No. When he was about 10 years old, he was taken in by another family. This American family then enrolled him in a school for orphans. He did not stay long, however. When he was 12 years old, he claimed that he was being molested by the male teacher at the school, so he ran away. In 1966, he ends up getting thrown in jail when he's 18 years old for stealing a car. While inside, 
while inside he is gang raped by a group of inmates and then goes on to kill three of his rapists before he was released from jail. Shit. Whoa. That's heavy. That is heavy. (gasps) So, once he is released, things shift. Not for the better. For this is a murder podcast, after all. Oh. He goes to Peru, and he decides to start preying on what he sees as weak, innocent, and trusting. So he begins to prey on young girls. He would get his victims to follow him to remote places and proceeded to rape and murder them. By 1978, it is said that he killed over a hundred of these girls in Peru. Wow. That would make him about 30 at the time. What stopped him was a native tribe. They caught him attempting to kidnap a nine-year-old girl. They were actually going to execute him when an American missionary stopped them. The missionary convinced the tribe to turn Pedro over to the state police. So they did. And man, oh man, would this story be different if they hadn't done that. For you see, the police soon released him. Mm. He moved to Colombia, and after that he went to Ecuador. During his time at these places, he took part in the local scene and murdered three girls a week. Wow. A week? A week. The police thought nothing of these missing girls. They were brushed off because they were maybe working as sex workers or maybe they got thrown into sexual slavery, never considering the fact that the man they released after claiming to kill hundreds of these young girls might be up to something. But hey, maybe some information fell through the cracks, right? I mean, there was no evidence against those 100 murders, so maybe the police just didn't believe it to be true. Pedro does get arrested again, though. He tries to kidnap another victim and gets caught by some traders at the market. He then confesses to over 300 murders. But guess what? The police do not believe him. Thankfully, the weather gets a little crazy and there's this flash flood one day. His mass grave of victims is uncovered. Thank you, Mother Nature. Oh my God, to be now? To be the person that came upon that. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Is there That's an opener to Law and Order that it, I would watch. Mm-hmm. Seriously, yeah. Like, is this a gra- was this a graveyard? That's weird. Oh, I didn't think there was no, a, no, graveyard a graveyard here. Grave here. That's yeah, weird. That's, that's weird. Oh, what? oh my. Jesus. Another source said that Pedro actually refused to cooperate, and it wasn't until one of the officers went undercover that they got him to confess where the bodies were. Regardless of which is true, they were able to unearth 53 to 57 bodies, depending on which report you read. He gets charged with 110 murders. On July 31st, 1981, he pleads guilty to the murder of the discovered bodies and is imprisoned. He is also officially diagnosed as a sociopath. Mm. Now, laws are a little different everywhere. We know this. We talk about this. In the U.S., it's it seems like almost county to county, state to state, it's very different. And in Ecuador, at the time, the law was this. A max sentence you can serve was 16 years. It later gets changed to 25 years, which is about our life sentence here in the U.S. So he gets released from Ecuador in 1994, but an hour later, he is rearrested as an illegal immigrant and is deported to Colombia. Oh. They let him go. He was just good behavior, so they, oh, you killed 300 girls, buried them in a mass grave, brutally raped and tortured these girls, but you didn't pick any fights with their inmates while you were over there, and you ate all your dinner? Ah, you can go. Mm. So he serves 14 of his 16 years, and he gets deported back to Colombia. 
Once he arrived back, though, the police tried to arrest him for a two-decade-old murder, but he was like, no, I'm insane! And so in 1995, he gets institutionalized in a psychiatric facility. In 1999, the BB said, In an interview from his police cell, Lopez described himself as the man of the century. In 1998, they decided he was sane. Hooray, you're cured, you can leave now. And he was released under a bail. Do you ladies want to guess how much the bail was? $20. That's always going to be my guess. I'm going lower this time. $100. $50. With an additional stipulations, of course. Once he was so at- adding up to a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fifty dollars right, yeah. stipulation. Yeah, I got, it. I, got it. I got it. I got it. Taxes and fees. Yeah, take it all into consideration. Okay? Don't forget to tip everyone. Tip your bar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Once he was out and about, he decided to go visit his mom. She was much older now, and he was inquiring about his inheritance. Once he found out that she was still very, very poor, he sold her one bed and chair to people on the street, and then left. He just left, and. No one knows where he is to this day. Excuse me, ma'am? Excuse me, ma'am. No one knows. son of a bitch. He may possibly be connected to a murder that happened in 2002, but no one knows for sure. He would be about 73 years old today. Some rumors are that he is living as a homeless man in Bogota, that he was murdered by family members of his victims, that he's just living a normal life in Colombia. But again, no one knows for sure. Mm. But today, we're going to do a seance. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to talk to his ghost. If there is one, maybe he could be dead. alive. He could be alive. 73 is not that old. We brought a psychic to yeah. tell us. What happened? happened? <laughs> and then we punch him because what, what the hell? <laughs> so his MO was young girls between ages of 8 to 12 years old. This was really his only criteria. He would follow them for any length of time until he had a moment to grab them or was able to talk them into coming with him. He would rape them and strangle them to death. He would dig shallow graves and bury three or four bodies together. It was said that before the bodies were too badly decomposed, he would go back and visit them and have tea parties with groups of the bodies. He also only killed during the day. How fucked up is that? He wanted to have a clear view of his victims. Hmm. There is this really neat um, Criminal Minds fandom website that talks about the real people characters are based off of, Mm -hmm. and Pedro was one of them. Um, in the section about his profile, it says that he claimed that since he lost his innocence when he was eight years old, then he would do the same to the girls of that age. He felt like he was sparing his victims from the terrible life like he had led when he killed them. Also, since he grew up watching his mother have sex, he thought that that meant affection. But when he had tried to show affection to his younger sister, he got thrown out. After that, he thought it must be normal, having your childhood destroyed, so he would do it to others. Many of his victims are unknown, but the ones that I did find, I would like to list them. Mm -hmm. So from 1969 to 2002, killing at least 110 victims, the ones that were named were Florbla Sanchez, Isabel Kristen Riquelde, Ivanova Chacon, and Maria Povida, who was a 12-year-old who actually got away. That's Mm. it. Everyone else is listed as unknown. He was convicted of 110, but there were upwards of over 300 possible victims. 
He is the fourth most prolific serial killer in recent history. We talked about Samuel Little last season, and he had been confirmed for over 90 victims. And then we just talked about Harold um, Shipman, who could have had, gosh, we know at least over 200, but could have had even more. Mm. And that is the short tale, my ladies and beans, of a serial killer that is still at large, Pedro Lopez. Any final sips? So while you were talking, I looked up uh, human trafficking Mm. in South America. Um, Just because I was curious, because clearly this boy was, this man as a boy was also like very much uh, taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was just curious, like just depending on how many children are there and all that kind of stuff. Um, So South America is one of the biggest source and destination locations in the world and has struggled with the issue of human trafficking for many years. Um, The ILO, just so that we all know, the ILO is the International Labor Organization. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So, the ILO estimates that of the 20.9 million victims of human trafficking in 2012, 1.8 million were from Latin America. There are many factors that cause human trafficking, like a high demand for domestic servants, sex laborers, and factory workers, and the existence of already established trafficking networks that have often taken advantage of young women and children. So, uh, it's so frustrating... There's an organization that I follow called Operation Underground Railroad, Mm -hmm. and they exist to rescue children from sex trafficking and sex exploitation. Um, They're really great. Uh, They're on Instagram, Our Rescue. They also, uh, their website's www.ourrescue.org, and it's incredible. You can see their stories, and there's a lot of survivors that talk on it, and they will post when they catch people, too, and, Mm -hmm. like, talk about it. It's incredible it's terribly sad and also amazing the work that they're doing because that's a lot of times why these things don't go reported or why we don't know the numbers and why we don't have more victim names Mm -hmm. is they were sold sold in a human trafficking or sex trafficking and in certain countries where there's not a lot of systems and money put in place to help people um they are kind of seen and treated as disposable Mm -hmm. but so it's it's unfortunate. I think I remember, like, goes a little bit away, but that one story of the British family whose little girl was stolen while they were on vacation, mm-hmm. or they don't know if she was stolen or not. Madeline, um, Madeline McCain? Yeah, Madeline McCon, McCain. McCain. Um, she, like, that also, the city where they were at, I guess, has a really high mm-hmm. uh, child sex trafficking and, mm-hmm. like, human trafficking problem like because once you get outside of the main that's the the big problem in a lot of these these cities that we go to that are like destinations and like you know like tropical like they have resorts and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff the resort itself and the city and like whatever the resort is doing is awesome but then you get just a little bit out of out of that epicenter where tourism is and it's not it's a city that's not very well taken care of yeah. well mm-hmm. she was and then to go on a tangent on this case but she was like in her bed at the resort yeah and the parents like went to the bar went wherever you know this was back when like your parents would just leave you in the room yeah. and you're fine with and all the other sleeping. kids yeah. yeah and then they came back and she was gone yeah so mm-hmm. yeah man mm-hmm. so just i mean there's lots of talk about how that case goes but i i just think we just need to remember that that's possible that that's a thing like Mm -hmm. absolutely (laughs) yeah so it's unfortunate that it was it's also i'm glad that you brought a case that is not a u.s like american case Mm -hmm. this stuff happens everywhere it does yeah yeah thanks brad thanks brad um this is just mine's short short sip uh this is just another story where the systems failed 
They failed to keep children safe. They failed to help a very sick person pay for the things that he did. There were numerous opportunities where the story could have shifted and come to an end, but the authorities failed. We need to do better to protect women and young girls. You know, it's just really awful. They had him several times, let him go. Yeah, you know. and it's a tricky, this is, okay, Here, here's a sip, I don't know. Uh, but this is just something I want to add. Like, it was, uh, it's so hard in a situation where someone goes through that kind of abuse, and like you said, that he was, like, abused in oh, yeah. prison, and then he lashed out, and yeah, he all killed of that, and it's like, ooh, I, I, it's one of those, like, what do I, how do I, what do we do? Like, I get it, but also you can't act that way, right? Mm-hmm. Like, things are going to happen to you, but we need to... We also need to give people better tools to make better decisions. Like you yeah. said, it should be about reform. Yeah. And this he wasn't reformed. They were just letting him go. So yeah. let's do better to reform. You're right. Yeah. And, like, if they would have come in... when Because children, like we've talked about before, are little weirdos. They're going to do little weird things and make big mistakes and, like, do weird stuff. So if you... Like, we're all weird, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, as kids, we're even weirder because we don't have, like... We don't have, like, someone going, like, no, you don't do that. And you're like, oh, I didn't know. Right. Like, mm-hmm. So the fact that he was just kicked out, like you were saying, like, yeah. he just got disposed of when he made a terrible mistake rather than taking the time to, like, make sure he knows that it was a bad like, this right. is not yeah. okay, and right. I understand, but there's no one there to do that, right? Like, right. you know. I mean, he just, he, you know, from what, and we obviously don't know for sure because I haven't had a conversation with him, but from our understanding of things, like, he witnessed his mother doing something, and as a young child trying to figure things out, thought that it meant one thing, mm-hmm. then tried to repeat the action, and instead of having that conversation of, like, no, that's not what we do with our sister, mm-hmm. and this is what I'm doing for work, like... There was that conversation never happened. Mm-hmm. He just got kicked out right away, which also coming from, you know, maybe where his mom was coming from, that could be a really scary thing to come and see, right. you know, like you right. don't understand why maybe he's doing that. You could freak out. Like mm-hmm. there's so many layers to what could have happened and what did to happen. Your other kid. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's difficult to, to make a decision in general and doing what you think is the right decision, you know, is really hard. Mm-hmm. Really hard. So unfortunately, it just paved a path for a really awful thing, and all these poor young girls paid the price for that. And it's terrifying that he's possibly still out and about. And that the numbers for for sex trafficking and people missing children and stuff in South America is so high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he could still be doing things, we just don't know. Exactly. Yeah. That's why we have to, I think, there is, there are, like you said, there's, you... Uh, Shared a resource for helping Our with rescue, human trafficking. Yeah. yeah, so I think that's it's just a part of like we can't stop him. We don't have a time machine, um, and we're not in the Andes. We're not in South America right now. So uh, it's a matter of just bringing awareness mm-hmm. and trying to make sure that we vote to make him to like put these funds in the right places. Yeah, yeah, to help people and just like you know do some research and understand like maybe what signs can be Mm. and if you're you know at an airport or at a place where there's a lot of people and you might see some of these things you know it's not going to do anything bad to say something right if you Mm -hmm. see something that's off say something if you see someone that might be in distress say something like don't run up and start punching people but like safely find a way to Find a, I know, but yeah. find a safe way to address the issue because if there's people. something going on, you could save someone. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
True facts. Mm-hmm. And then, unfortunately, to play the other side, there are people who take advantage of that, and that's also how you can get caught up in stuff. So I will reiterate, find a safe way to approach an issue. If you see something, go to a person of authority. Have them confront the issue rather than yourself. You know, Be safe about it. Be smart about it. Um, don't get hurt. Don't hurt anyone in the mix. Just if you see something that might be a red flag, do the best you can to bring that red flag to attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, because, like, you just never know. And, mm-hmm. like, if it all is okay and above board, the, in theory, fingers crossed, the, the thing that should happen is that if we investigate something to the full extent, we will then investigate that it is... And find out the truth. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. Exactly. Well, damn. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for the nightmares, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, Nicole. Oh, my yeah, gosh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, beans and ladies. Uh, it's been another wonderfully terrible episode of Morning Murders. Thank you for listening to Morning Murders. Remember to stop by every Monday for a new episode. And you can always check out our resources and mental health links in our show notes. If you enjoyed listening to our highly caffeinated conversation, please leave us a five-star rating and check us out on Instagram. At Morning Murders. That's at M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G-M-U-R-D-E-R-S. If you have any stories you'd like to hear discussed around the breakfast nook, email us at morningmurders at gmail.com. Thank you for listening! I love this thing. This is a cozy thing. I got a blanket. It's a cozy blanket jacket thing. That's like personal space mm-hmm. and like, and... I go by. Yeah. Boot <laughs> up. A bottle of floof. Do not disturb yeah. the floof. Do, Do not, not disturb the floof. It's Branya. 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 In Branya. In Branya. In Branya. In Branya. In Branya. Amanda Quack. 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 I love it. It's time to play pick that scab. Oh my god, do you know how many like the pimple popping people like that love that shit they would see and I don't like pimples, but I like scabs. Scabs, yeah. But blood. These are things we know about Amanda. I don't know why I'm saying everything they do. Alright, just tell me a murder. It's murder time. Alright, it's murder time. Alright. Murder time. Excellent. I like watching that on the on the thing. It's like we are happening right now. Right now. Right now. That's smooth. Yeah, so smooth. <laughs> Min, uh, Medard, Medardo? Bas, Bascu? Basco? You guys could see Amanda right now. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, She's oh, like, what the? Oh. To give me a beep beep.